Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is a gospel lesson read earlier, the beginning of Mark's gospel. Well, one of our favorite things to do in our house during this time of year is watch Christmas movies. The month of December, we're going through as many as we can get through. Like Friday night, we watched The Santa Claus. We've already watched Mission Miracle on 34th Street, A Christmas Story, Frosty, Charlie Brown. We, we, we just enjoy it. I, I still laugh every time I see Flick stick his tongue to the pole or, or, or at the end when Ralphie finally shoots the gun and it goes off his glasses, it, it shoots his eye out. It, it, it is still fun and Heidi still cries every time she sees Santa Claus speaking in Norwegian to the little child there. We, we enjoy the Christmas movies, but one of our favorites, and, and we wait for this one to get as close to Christmas as possible, is It's a Wonderful Life. And what's kind of neat about the way that that movie begins is it starts in the middle, right? The opening scene is, is the people all around Bedford Falls praying for George Bailey. It starts in the middle. And I thought about that as we thought about Mark's gospel, because Mark's gospel is unique. It's not like the other two, or at least the way it starts. It doesn't start at the beginning. It starts in the middle. And part of him doing that is to give an effect that, that our Lord comes and bursts in to the middle of life. That, that's really what we see as we come into this Advent season, is God coming in in the middle of life to put things right. And, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the way Mark starts his gospel and see how it is the God who comes in the middle of our life to make things right. And so we go back to the gospel lesson, in the very first verse, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Notice Mark's beginning is unique. There's no shepherds like there is in Luke. You don't have like Matthew and the wise men and Mary and Joseph. You don't even have like John recounting creation and tying it in that way. He, he's just going to start in with John the Baptist. But even before he does that, he gives kind of a, a statement thesis as to what the gospel of Mark is about. Mark is a gospel telling us that it's about Jesus Christ, who is more than man, who is, as he says, the Son of God. And so as Mark begins with God bursting in the middle of life, it truly is God bursting in the middle of life. It's not just another human being. It's God who enters into creation. It's true God. And that's what we see Mark go from here. We see Mark stating that God has indeed entered into the middle of life. And as we hear that, understand that's what the Lord does for you. In the middle of your life, God bursts in. He bursts in today in the middle of whatever is going on in your life, in the joys and the sorrows, in the struggles and in the campaigning, whatever it is that you're doing, in the middle of the busyness, even the busyness of this holiday season, it's the Lord that bursts in. It's God, the creator of the universe, who bursts into your life to bring you life and forgiveness. And Mark makes that clear, who it is that enters entering into your life. But if you're going to start in the middle, you do have to kind of give a background. And so that's what Mark does, right? In the movies, they do it with, with kind of a flashback. But Mark does it by quoting scripture. So we continue on with verse 2. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. 
Here's Mark's background. He's telling us that this bursting into the middle of life had been promised by God. That he was going to burst through. And not only would he burst through, but he would send a prophet to prepare for the bursting through. He would send one ahead of God to come in. And just as an aside, notice the passage that he chooses makes clear who is coming. He says, prepare the way of the Lord. It's the Lord that is coming. Again, Mark is making clear that this gospel of Jesus of Nazareth is the gospel of the Son of God, the one who is true God. And if it's true God that's coming in the middle of this mess, it must be a preparation being done for this mess. And that's what John was coming to do, to prepare the way of the Lord, to make paths straight for the coming of our God. And just as God promised a Savior who would burst on the scene in this world, into human history, the Lord has promised to come to you, to come to you as you are, and in the place you are, in the midst of your life. And so I'd like to ask you, What's the Lord coming into as he enters into your life? Do you have everything in order? Got, got everything planned out? Everything straight in the way that you want it to be? Or is it like most people, you're just trying to hold everything together? To keep everything together because you're getting pulled in these sorts of directions there. You have your joys, but you also have your struggles. That, that indeed... No matter what condition your life is, no matter what condition you are in, the Lord comes today to you as you are. And and he comes offering that which you need. And that becomes clear as as we see Mark going on. Let's continue on in verse 6. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and Jerusalem were going out to him, and they were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Here John enters into the middle of life, right? As as Mark says, John appeared baptizing in the wilderness. He kind of onto the scene in the wilderness preaching, and preaching a message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. This is a message for people who are in the middle of struggles as well as joys, but the people in the middle of their doubts, in the middle of their problems. And his message hits a chord, right? We're told by Mark that all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were coming out to him. This message of repentance and forgiveness of sins, this baptism in the Jordan as people confess their sins, tells us that the people responding, that they recognized the need for the message that they had. They realized in their own life, not a life that was completely in order, that that's all together, but a life that in a lot of ways was a mess because of sin, that that was filled with struggles, with difficulty, with sorrow, and all the rest. And the message that John had for them was a message of hope. That in the midst of this life that you have, he was saying, there is hope, there is one who is coming, that, that there is a forgiveness that is made available, that there is a cleansing that our Lord brings. And this is a message we need to hear. Don't we need to hear a message that has answers for the messiness of our lives? Don't don't you have a need for a message about being cleansed, of things being put into order, of being loved and being forgiven? And that's the message the Lord brings to you today. 
a message of peace, a message of hope, a message of joy, a message of forgiveness. This is the preparation that John had for the coming of the Lord. This is the preparation we have for our celebration of his birth. This is the message that we have of the Lord's return. A message of preparation that the Lord intercedes and intervenes and becomes part of it. We continue on, verse 6. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. Now at this point, this seems almost like an interruption, doesn't it? An interruption for a fashion statement. Let's, let's describe what John looks like. And it's kind of shocking to our ears. What, what's this with camel's hair, leather belt, locusts? Really, is that what you want for dinner and, and wild honey? This seems rather shocking, and yet, it's more than a fashion statement. As with every line within the scripture, there's a purpose behind it. That, that here is a picture that is to bring to mind Elijah or the prophets. This is the uniform of, of a prophet. A picture of a, an austere prophet's life. And also understand that, that the prophets begin an announcement of something new in the coming of the Lord. Uh, and this here Mark ties into that, what we heard earlier, that John burst into the scene in the wilderness. And when you think of the wilderness in the Old Testament, what comes to mind? Is it not the people of Israel who've been brought out of, of Egypt and they're in the wilderness anticipating what? A, a new land, a new beginning. And how is that land described? A land flowing of milk and honey. And what again is John's diet? Locusts and wild honey. Isn't Mark here telling us that, that John is a herald of, of a new beginning, bringing in anticipation that, that something new is taking place, that a new era is beginning as he prepares the way of the Lord. That these are images of a threshold of being on a new and powerful beginning. And just as the people of John's day needed a new beginning, don't we so often need a new beginning? Do you ever feel trapped in your life, trapped in your sinfulness, trapped in your situation? Would you want to be able to start over, to start fresh? But isn't that what forgiveness offers you? A new beginning. When we're forgiven, we're given a fresh slate. The old that we've done has been washed away. The guilt, the shame, the mistakes of the past they're gone. We're, we're no longer trapped by them. We're no longer held by them. We are set free from them. The Lord offers a, a new beginning. This is a blessing that God brings, a, a new beginning. And a new beginning that, that as God's people, we, we have every day. And we see that in this last part. As, as John preached, saying, Behold, after me comes one who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John bursts into the scene to tell us that, that all that he offers in the forgiveness and the repentance and the baptism is based not upon himself, but upon the one who is coming, the one he's paving the way for. John's role is to point to Christ because in Christ, in Christ alone, is the power to forgive. And that's what we see with, with Jesus and what he did and accomplished, right? He goes to the cross to pay the price for sin. Isn't that where forgiveness comes from? He rises from the dead, conquering sin and death. Isn't that where the promise that our Lord gives to you of eternal life 
in a place with the Lord a new beginning is found? It's found with Christ. John is just a pointer, just an indicator that, that it's the Lord who has the power. In him is the new beginning. In him is found the one that brings life and salvation. And John isn't only pointing to the hearers of his day. He's pointing for you and for me to see this. That it's Christ who comes. This Jesus who is true God who comes and brings you his spirit. As John says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That in your baptism, you were given the gift of the Holy Spirit, the power to love, the power to believe, the power to trust, and the peace. And, and that's why your new beginning is secure. It doesn't rest on you and your actions. It rests on the Lord and what he's already done and accomplished for you. He gives you power for a new beginning. He came to your baptism, and he continues to come to you. He burst into your life in the waters of baptism. He burst into your life this morning. He burst into your life to give you a new beginning. And tomorrow he will come again with a new beginning. Because every day as a child of God, we wake up as his children. We have a new beginning. We have a new day. All that has happened before has been washed away. And our standing with the Lord will indeed be secure because it's based on him and his action. Again, Heidi and I like Christian Christmas movies, but don't take your theology from them. It's kind of like in It's a Wonderful Life. We enjoy the movie, but they have this rhyme that they say throughout. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. It's not exactly good theology. It's not really true about angels. But what I do find fascinating about, again, that movie, is that it may begin in the middle of something, but it ends with a new beginning. George Bailey gets a fresh start at the end. And, and isn't that a, a picture of, of what Advent is about, is that the Lord bursts through into the world and brings a new beginning. And this is the way the Lord works. He bursts into your life, in the middle of the life, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, and he gives you a new beginning. A beginning of love, a beginning of peace, a beginning of forgiveness, a beginning of life. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds to true faith, to life everlasting.